Hello, 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 fellow kids. This is your boy, the most charismatic radio personality of this planet. I'm moving, so I have everything pretty much packed away in boxes, kind of most of it. I just left to uh, unpack the absolute necessary stuff. One of those things that are packed is my external uh, hardware, hardware, hard drive, my where the list for the albums of this thing that's happening here, um, it's there. So I probably have some idea of who who is there and who's not. So I'm using my last FM, last FM at this point to, I'm doing the first 100 albums to see what gets picked today. So it was basically that of a repose way of saying a simple thing. Because uh, my last FM and that particular list they all, you know, kind of mesh together. It's rare the the album that's not in one and it's in the other, so it'll be pretty much the same. So let's use let's use that alternative since I have my my hard drive not available now. Ninety nine. So is the album ninety nine, which um, it's automatically a, a record that I didn't listen to as much. And it is Elbow, the seldom seen kid. I've been meaning to speak about that record for a while. Um, probably my favorite album from them. Um, probably one of my favorite records from the country of Great Britain. As I said many, many times already, since I've been doing this podcast, Pretty much all records that I that I remember that I want to listen to, I put in this context, right? And Elbow just released a single and a reworking of uh, the Southern Sing Kid, which is the song is this title song from this record here. They release uh, a reworking, a, a recent reworking, no, of Grounds to Divorce. No, no, Southern Sing Kid. Yeah, so okay, I am talking out of my ass. Um, yeah, so the they released the title song, a kind of a reworking. I don't know if it's live or if it's like a, a quarantine uh, reworking. Uh, either way, this album is so interesting in many aspects, right? It's very witty. It's very sweet. It's very contemplative and it's very epic as well and ambitious. So you have here, basically, I, I always thought that about Elbow and specifically this album here kind of um, gives that impression a lot. It's basically if Radiohead had never done, uh, never, never did go through the route of OK Computer in Kirei, if Radiohead had stayed in the 
the band's approach to singer songwriting and production, they would probably have the Seldon Sing Kid as their in rainbows, right? You know what I mean? If you're both Elbow and, and Radiohead fan, uh, you probably that probably made sense to you. If you're just a Radiohead fan, that probably didn't. But it's a very well structured and symphonic and melodic type of rock that Radiohead was doing in the 90s. So if the bands it's a maturation of Britpop in a way, um, kind of uh, going further away from the electronics and the, and the, the party type of pop music that Britpop was known at that time and going more for a blend with grunge and for a band with with uh, blend not band for a blend with more 70s ish type of post-punk and 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 an alternative rock um if they didn't have that bent right to the radiohead in that in this case if they didn't have that bench that bent to the to the weird and to the electronic they would probably become something very akin to what elbow developed in the late 2010s uh, probably their most ambitious and probably their most fully fledged um, album in terms of compositions um, I, I must admit that i'm not very well familiar with their other records since or before um, Seldon Sing Kid, I do know more um, in a way that, let's say, uh, out of curiosity, because I like this album so much, right? I ended up listening to the other ones a few times here and there, but they never grabbed me as this brilliant album uh, did. Discovered it, I discovered it on that famous book, the Mew, the Mew, <laughs> Mew, it's thousand in Portuguese, I'm, I'm, I'm very disheartened today, anyway, I'm moving, so it's very stressful, all the process and all that, so let's go, let's go, let's go, um, I discover with the 1001 records to hear before you die, it, it, it was one of the later uh, editions, so I came about that that book when they, they were at the 2007 edition or, or something like that. So just as, not just as uh, the Claxons were, uh, kind of a new edition to it. I remember uh, coming coming across the Claxons and coming across. Uh, Arcade Fire, Neon Bible, those those types those types of two thousand seven records. This one is a two thousand eight. So I remember two thousand nine more or less. I came about this here, uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, uh, probably two thousand ten, because I it was the same time that I did Queen of Denmark as well. I think Queen of Denmark. So and I and I, of course fell in love with everything that happens with this album here which is quite it's quite beatles-esque as well in the turn in the sense that 
every band in a way, every rock and roll band kind of um, follows uh, the Beatles' steps. You know, it's it's very hard not to be with such DNA and not follow the the. I mean, basically the guys that came up with everything. You know. In terms of pop, in terms of rock music, in terms of pop music, at least like the the packaging and formatting and phonographic uh, ideas about about it all, even marketing and all that. So what you see here, it's a very confident uh, composer. It's a very confident singer songwriter in Guy Harvey. Uh, he's a precious frontman. Because he is the working man, he is the everyman, but he is of a t he, he has such a talent talent that it's it's great to see. It's it's one of those uh, old souls that you see in music sometimes that the guy is just what he is. And in terms of being reliable uh, and relatable. <laughs> It's funny to think that a singer can be reliable, right? But it is kind of that with him. Uh, extremely, you you can trust that he's giving everything that he can as a performer and as a creative uh, man, right? To to the album, and they they have a long discography up until that point, and those uh, their albums are kind of the like the combination of something akin to Bruce Springsteen and arena rock like, I don't know, T-Rex, uh, Bowie, you know, you, you can, you can, you know, fill the gaps there with the, with the influences, uh, listening to a record like this, what exactly, it's kind of the deal there, the Beach Boys for sure, Perhaps more because of the of the orchestral approach and because of the, the the fine refined melodies that they use and the refined and detailed and layered harmonies that they use, especially especially on those uh, first tracks, they're very you know very on the on your face with 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 the arena rock stuff so definitely bruce springsteen is always an influence to type of down to earth rock and roll types of artists i do believe that he has such a unparalleled uh wittiness to it and the sense of humor and it's one of those albums that you listen to it you listen to it you listen to it and after seven, eight years of always coming back to it, you still find those quips here and there, <clears throat> those extremely quotable moments that just stays with you, you know? Um, beautiful, beautiful album. Very well done, very well orchestrated. And it has a learning cur curve as well. It starts with kind of a jaded and, and a and kind of a uh, almost a vitriol in some sense, right? And when it comes to loneliness of a trower crane dive driver, uh, which is their most 
orchestral and ambitious, instrumentally speaking. Uh, and it swells a lot. You know, it has all of the the diversion with the with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. It's quite quite a beautiful thing to listen to. Um, when it comes to one day like this, and a friend of ours is just melancholic and contemplative. I, I was always more of a of a second side, seldom seen kid than first side. Although I do, I mean the first side is just phenomenal, right? And where uh, the hits kind of lay lie there, right? The, the, the grounds for divorce and, and starlings uh, and seldom. What? Wait. Where is the song Selden Sinkid? Okay, now I'm confused. I'm confused now. Because they just... Oh, alright. So, though, that's weird. I'm looking at their discography here, right? So, there is a song that says Selden Sinkid. But there is no such a song in the album itself. I never noticed that. I thought he had. I thought he had. Anyway, I'm just noticing that I know every song here by heart, right? Just looking at the at the title of it, I I know it. The only weak, kind of weaker. Ah, excuse me. Only the weaker, the most weak track here. It's the fix, which is a feature with Richard Holly, which is a great singer-songwriter in his own right and very similar to what Elbow does as well but as a a singer-songwriter much like to the, the, the vein of Sinatra and you know those and the old uh, blues people and all that those crooners I, I believe that's the most appropriate uh, comparison with what he does that's the most least favor of every song of of this album being like one of the best songs of that decade, right? Very underrated band, even though they are quite famous, even though they are quite big, I can't help but feel that they are underrated. Uh, because... There's a joke in Peep, Peep Show that they are, I mean, the joke is basically Mark is saying, oh, everybody recommends uh, Elbow and Game of Thrones, and, you know, he's complaining about the endless recommendations that modern life has to, to give you, you know, and this is part of the problem, this podcast in and of itself, it's part of the problem, I think. Anyway, uh, it's, it's just a funny thing to see like a band that you like and you never talk to anyone about it, even though it's a famous band. It's probably very famous in the US, uh, in the UK. Uh, it probably doesn't have a very big following. Let's see, because they do have those stats. They do offer those stats. Yeah, it's m mainly Scotland, Netherlands, uh, Ireland, and Great Britain. 
being London the most, uh, the place that pe people listen to it the most. Um, it's an excellent band to be a diehard fan of, right? It's one of those uh, cold following bands that, you know, they are such a, they seem like such a down-to-earth people, you know, like musicians that you that you can have a beer with, have a beer with before the show and or whatever, you know. They don't they don't seem like celebrities, even though they are big as hell, you know. I do believe that they are very charismatic, charismatic. Very charismatic. Excellent, excellent band. Excellent album. One of my... Probably is... In, in, in terms of band... Speaking of band... And album... Sorry, speaking of albums... It's probably on my top 25. Favorite albums of all time. You know? Because it's, it's just... Wonderful. I say that about every every one of those, right? I mean, it's the part of the part of the appeal of the of the podcast. It's to describe things that I like. So, is it is an autodiscography anyway? So that one I do. That one I do like a lot. Um, really worth it to listen to the live version as well. Live version, I think, is finally on Spotify. It was, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, live at Abbey Road with the London Orchestra. Yeah, so it's quite, it's interesting to see the, the arrangements that they, that they do because it's, it becomes even more ambitious, right? It's a truly magnificent, album it's a great record i if i had many friends i would probably recommend this to many many friends but most of my friends like hip-hop and weird stuff is this has a very rare earn earnestness it's very earnest it has that quality that uh I was comparing with the bands, right? So it has that quality that the bands has in terms of being vulnerable and being like totally earnest about what's, what, you know, it's, it's a delivery of honesty without the show of it and in using music to propagate ideas, not to propagate yourself. I know that that sounds very cliche and stupid but it makes sense right because you, you you do want ambition working um, you don't want ambition working against you i guess that's my point you work uh you work to have ambition working with you so that's that's why you improve technically on stuff to become more ambitious to Serve the art, not serve yourself. And those guys are totally capable of doing everything, and they they seem so ground grounded. They seem so grounded. It's 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 cool. It's cool to see. 
I believe that most of their discography has that quality, right? They are the, the working class. Um, they are probably a band for people who think that they are stupid, but they are, they are actually not that stupid. That's probably the case with this album here. So it's probably the case. Uh, with, it's probably the, a band for people who under underestimate themselves way too much, you know. So it's deceivably simple what they do, but it's not simple at all. And this record is a great, you know, a great example of how to put clever and and witty and ambitious songwriting in a package that it doesn't sound like a product of that at all. It just sounds like a couple of dudes that, you know, stopped working at the factory, stopped working at the factory at five, went to a, to a studio and just recorded some. You know, of course, that's not the, the case, obviously. They are professional musicians, of course. But it seems that way. It seems that they, they, they do this for fun, you know? And they just present, present themselves like that. Uh, anyway. I think that I just said what I needed to say. Uh, Starlings, The Bones of You, Grounds for Divorce, Whether to Fly, Audience for With the Bulb is very clever. Uh, loneliness of a tower crane driver one day like this and friend of ours is their highlights it's probably in my opinion what uh, the highlights are, are for this album check it out as always you know that's the main goal is for you to check it out and eventually if we meet one day in person you can say oh dude that album was great Thanks for recommending that album. Because I do believe music changed lives. Oh, God. What pronunciation. I believe that music changed lives, right? Definitely changed mine to some extent. Although I don't know which life I would have if I didn't have music. But it, it would be definitely a worse life. So very fundamental record for me very uh, very down to earth and great album goodbye have a great day i talk to you once i have my life figured out because tomorrow i don't think i will be doing anything uh thursday no, Friday, no. It's probably once I have everything set up, maybe some sometime next week. Uh, we are looking at the 16th of November now. It's probably going to have some updates on the on the following episodes. But for the Southern Scene Kid, that's pretty much it. It's as if the... As if Radiohead never went crazy, and if Beatles were alive in the 2000s, that's probably the, the sound that they would make. 
on the sound, like the, the, the music that they will make. The sound is a Portuguese expression. When you say sound, you can, you know. When you say this, the, this band's sound, it's, oh, this sound is really good, you know. When you say, when you say that in Portuguese, like, it means that that's, that music is really good. That's not the case here. I appreciate your listening as always. We are reaching the 25 minutes and I, if you're still there, thank you. Bye.